0: Tex talking all. Oh, what was that, that you said? Texas talking out. Oh, Gon'hoop upside your head. Texas talking. Tell me who can you trust? When Texas got some.
1: Hi, this is State Representative Donna Howard. Welcome to this week's TribCast. I'm glad to be participating in the Tribune's God and Governing event tonight at 6.30 at the LBJ Library. Most legislators look for guidance from some kind of higher power. And no, Evan, that doesn't mean you. Hope to see everyone tonight at the event, or you can watch online or after the fact at texastribune.org. Now, here's the moderator of the event and the host of the Tribcast, Emily Ramshaw. Thank you. This is Emily Ramshaw here with the Tribcast for the first week of October. I'm joined by CEO and Editor-in-Chief Evan Smith. What? Are you on your phone again? Yes. Looking up baby names for me?
0: He's driving. Uh,
1: Executive Editor Ross Ramsey.
0: Howdy. Trying to figure out how to change my avatar back to me from Craig Biggio. Leave it with Biggio. No, I'm not leaving it with Biggio. Not one second longer than I'm obligated
1: to. How long are you obligated? 24 hours? 10 o'clock tonight. Oh, all right. And reporter Jay Root.
2: I know nothing about sports.
1: (laughs) It's true.
0: Did you get pantsed as a kid? No, because you pick you up it. and he'd pink it.
1: Evan is really obsessed with kids getting beat up. Is this from experience?
0: Not advised. Not not commenting on He this. doesn't like to talk about that. I
1: you know. know. It still clear it appears to be very painful. All right. Well, I want to start off by talking about a big uh, documentary project we rolled out today. This has nothing to do with being bullied as a child. Well, maybe it does. Uh, Our God and Governing Project. It's a five-part video series that includes uh, dozens of lawmaker interviews on the role faith plays in their lawmaking, everything from abortion and same-sex marriage to the death penalty. Uh, We started to look at this project, uh, at pursuing this project, because we thought we had seen really an increased role of faith and references to God in the legislative process. Process. And I'm curious, Ross and Jay is the two. I'm not going to say old. The two, yeah. covering, say old? <laughs> the two guys who have We're been not covering. Not going The two guys who have been covering the legislature that. the what, longest. What am my
0: chopped liver? Oh, well, is that the problem?
1: No, you haven't been covering the. You're li- actually the l- you're actually you,
2: younger than I am and Ross.
1: And you or have not been quote unquote covering the legislature. Well, uh,
0: I'll just go back to being on my phone. Yes.
1: Well, what else is new? Yeah. Uh, Anyway, point being, uh, have you all seen a marked increase in the role that, that, you know, God and and references to the Bible have played in the legislative process over the last, you know, 10, 20 years?
2: Yes.
3: Yes and no. I (laughs) mean, you know, it's always sort of underpin. It's the underpinning in in Southern politics and certainly in Texas politics and from certain parts of the state. Your part of the state in particular, East Texas. Liberty. Well, it's pretty common and it's not, you know, it's not unusual to have you know, a sort of a mix in civic institutions between churches and cities and, and all of that kind of stuff. And when they get up here, you hear it a lot. But the the part of the Republican Party that has started to prevail in a lot of elections, you know, has the religious conservatives in it. And they have brought to Austin what they were talking about all of those years when they weren't getting elected. And, and there are more of those people in the legislature now.
2: Well, I think that um, just the pure mention of it has gone up. Um, You you know, evangelicals have played a very significant role in politics for quite a long time. But I do think, I mean, I've noticed it. You know, we had the In God We Trust uh, that was put in the Senate chamber not too long ago. I guess that was a few years ago when Dan Patrick was elected to the Senate. Um, we just every year it seems to increase. And I think uh, the project that we've done like really shows it. And
1: Yeah, but well. I want to
0: know from the peanut gallery.
1: Uh, are we the peanut gallery?
0: Well, apparently you left me out of the conversation, so I'm the peanut gallery. <laughs> so from the peanut gallery, I want to know what, what is the net effect of all this? So, uh, okay, people of faith are elected to public office and they go on the floor of the House of the Senator. They give interviews and they talk about the fact that God is their a uh, uh, guide and and their uh, compass. Yeah, compass James White described that, it know. as you
1: know, uh, it's representing God when he shows up at work. It's representing right. God, and who would want to screw so that up?
0: Faith, faith drives these decisions. So I want to know what the net effect of this is. The fact of it is interesting, but I want to know what the conclusion we're supposed to draw from it.
1: Well, there's there's kind of
3: two pieces of this. One of them is you know, do you bring your Religion and your philosophy with you when you come to Austin, and the answer is probably yes. Probably always. Oh, it's been probably, as yes. I think. Well, they, certainly. Right? But,
1: yeah.
0: But the pe- so, and then many the of, kind of the people interviewed for this project say it explicitly.
3: And then there is the kind of you know I'm going to cloak what I'm doing in religious stuff in order to you know get make votes. it more palatable and mm-hmm. get get some votes. It's the um, you know they're they're associating themselves with something good and hoping that that'll rub off on their idea.
0: Do you you, you think that they're they're faking it? Do you think that some some people are using their faith as a way to, to, to advance their cause politically? Sure. And themselves politically? Sure.
1: I mean, it's a lot easier to say this is what God sent me here to do versus, you know, making a particular case for something. But I, I think it's it's more than that. I think it gives them the opportunity to push their policy when voters don't agree with them. I mean, you know, you look at the polling around a whole host of issues I mean, just take let's take guns, for example. You know, the most recent Texas Tribune poll, if you trust that rag, is, uh, you know, says that, that the majority of Texas voters either wanted gun laws to stay the same or to get tighter.
0: Well, not a majority. In fact, it's more than 70 percent, according mm. to the the documentary, say that it should be the same or more restrictive. And yet, if you flip it over and just look at Tea Party respondents to this poll, more than 50 percent believe that gun laws should be looser or eliminated altogether. Right. So there may be a disconnect between, say, the Tea Party and the larger uh, uh, electorate. Uh, but the legislature has never been... Uh, a folk you know legislated by focus group this Mm. has never been Mm. the case you know Mm -hmm. they may say it when it's convenient and it agrees with it but you know the 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 public's perspective on any given issue is not necessarily the driver of policy. and
2: those aren't the people that are showing up in Republican primaries you Mm -hmm. know it's interesting after this latest school shooting in Oregon Uh, Polls are showing that upwards of eighty to ninety percent of people want universal background checks,
0: including a majority of Republicans, Mm -hmm. by the
2: way. Right, and so so that that's been you know out there, and so there you know there's been a lot of copy about that, and and Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas tweeted hey we did something in texas we we you know he talked about open carry and in that which i mean you know you you would say well that would be tone deaf to uh the you know most people possibly but in terms of the people who are showing up in his primary it's not tone deaf at all
3: you know to loop this back you know a lot of religious people have served in the Texas legislature before now. A right. lot of outwardly religious people have served in the Texas legislature. This legislature seems more likely this in the previous leg- last few years seems more likely to invoke it in debate and in conversation right. and to bring it up. And right? I think that's and, and, what's and most that's what I'm talking is, about. Yeah. I mean I don't I'm not questioning anybody's faith. I think there are a lot of, you know, deeply religious sincere people, and you can see them in the series. I mean, you can watch them, and you even if you even when you disagree with them, you can go, you know, that, that seems heartfelt, and, and, and right. I believe that. Is there anything
0: wrong but, with that? But, that but is, the, is there anything the question wrong with is, it, though? The
3: question is, are you using it also for marketing? And, so and that, I think the answer to that is certainly. Yeah.
0: Is there anything wrong with people of faith playing that role? So we have heard all of us since we were little and got beat up in school. The question about separation of church and state. Um, you mentioned it. I did. Separation of church and state. Uh, and that we're supposed to keep religion out of politics and that we shouldn't uh, bring religion into public spaces generally. I think I think they saw them hauling off the Ten Commandments monument in Oklahoma yesterday on the news, although we haven't hauled off our monument. Yeah, Ted Cruz event.
3: has a picture up on Facebook of him standing next to the Ten Commandments monument right. on the Texas Cap- Capitol, Capitol grounds, grounds, which he defended as d- Solicitor I defended it. General. And if they so, try to
0: haul it off, he'll probably yeah. be back here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we've been told for years we should keep religion out of these kinds of t- discussions, or at least out of the 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 process of deciding I, laws and politics. I think maybe that's, that's upside you, down. Maybe How's that's that? where you were
1: raised. I, I mean, is that think that's what they taught down. you in I Texas think that, I think up here? that
3: you, we were never told to keep religion out of politics. We were told to keep government out of religion.
0: Well, but you see, can bring
3: your you can bring your religion to.
0: But that's the te- but that's the tension point. When, right. You know, it isn't that it isn't. Uh, but but hold on a second. Right. I want to challenge that. It isn't that when governments uh, uh, want to hold meetings in churches, there's a problem. It's when churches want to hold meetings in government in government buildings. I mean, or or you know, the, the the concern has never been we have to keep government out of the church pew. It's that we have to keep religion out of the out of the floor of the house. I mean, isn't that right?
2: Well, it's a powerful political issue, though. You, you remember school prayer? That was like a mm-hmm. huge deal a few years ago you know i mean that's what everybody i mean i remember going to uh you know, places. You know, when pe- people were voting or people were you know, at rallies, and, and everybody was like, "Well, the minute they took prayer out of school, that's when everything went down."
0: Right. Went that, th- that's the te- the tension point is not ta- Very keeping powerful. school out of prayer; it's prayer out of school. Mm-hmm. And so, I think the que- the question for years has been, "What is the proper calibration? Where along the continuum can these two worlds uh, uh, intersect?" Right. C- clearly, uh, uh, people are willing and, and uh, to to talk about this stuff in the public sphere. They're entitled to, they're allowed to, up to a point. But what right? you're
1: hearing these lawmakers say, these Tea Party lawmakers say in these videos over and over again, is that the separation of church and state is not about keeping church out of government. It's about keeping government out of the church. Right. I mean, they have it sort of you know, flipped the whole other way around. Well,
0: I, I think it would be a really interesting debate, and I hope that when you have the conversation tonight uh, with it's James White, and
1: David Simpson, David
0: Simpson, Donna, Donna Howard, Howard and, and Celia Israel. Celia Israel, I'm going to come back to Celia Israel in a second. I hope that you asked that question. What What are we trying to separate here? Mm-hmm. Church from state, or state from a uh, church? Uh, uh, Celia Israel. The two quotes that I really loved in the first part of the series, which we, uh, you know, we put the whole thing up today, effectively with the app. But mm-hmm. really, the, if you look at it in sequence, part one. On the one hand, Jeff Leach, state representative from Plano, said. I believe in separation of church and state. I don't believe in separation of God and country. I think that's an interesting statement philosophically. And then the flip of that is Celia Israel, rep- state representative from Austin, said uh, with re- regard to the legislature, this is not a church. right? We're the Texas capital, and we're trying to do good things.
3: It's not a church. And you're trying to keep the government and the people in government from using the government to express religious views. But they're allowed to bring their religious ideolo- ideology and their religious beliefs to what they do you mm-hmm. can't use the government and can't use government resources to do it that's why you can't pray in school Right. but you can pray to yourself in school
0: but what it, but, but what is the point this is an and you a, can
3: bring it up in debate this in is school.
0: a non-pejorative and actually deliberately open-ended question of which i do not know for example, not, not know the answer Right. What is the point at which the switch flips? So Donna, How- Donna Campbell, pardon me, or Dan Patrick or Brian Birdwell, as they're all depicted on the, uh, in the series, uh, talking about abortion or talking about guns. Invoke the Bible, invoke the, the intent of God, in, invoke their faith, peace on that, to talk about why they believe what they believe. So if I'm someone concerned about the intersection of these two worlds, at what point does that go off the rails if I have a problem with this?
1: Depends you know? on who's in charge.
0: Well, that's the question. So is there anything, there's nothing wrong with them being on the floor of the Senate or anyplace else talking about this stuff. But, but so. Well, they're elected officials but but what's, too, but so people. Right. Right. Where does it
2: become too much? It, well, if you're at a school and your teacher says, you know, you're, you have to be Christian, or you have to have some certain re- right. follow some certain religion, or whatever. That is where you cross the line. But if it's an elected official standing up on the floor of a, of a chamber of a yeah. legislative chamber, you know, I mean, if if the voters
0: don't like it, they can vote that person See, out. That, and so that, and that. Well, if you're using the government the, to the
3: profess point. a particular religious point of view, then you've stepped over so the line. So
0: if 20 senators uh, in the Texas Senate say, we support. Um, Open carry because the Second Amendment is a God given right. God conveyed this right on all of us. Are there are people in the video oh, yeah. who are saying that. Absolutely. And then they pass open carry. Did they pass open carry as a matter of policy, or do they pass open carry in a way that triggers for some people concerns that faith is playing too much of a role? See, I think I think it's very Both. muddy. I don't know where. Yeah, I don't the, think you can. I don't think there the, is a line. Where is the calibration on this?
1: And for those folks with those beliefs, it doesn't matter whether it's their personal faith driving it or or "quote unquote" policy. Their policy is their faith. That's
0: the point. I do right. think it actually. I, I, I agree mm-hmm. with the end of that. I do think it matters to them. I think that for, from their perspective, their fa- faith is their oh yeah, it's is their Policy compass. Right. 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 So, Absolutely. so is what is the takeaway from this? Do we have a problem in Texas, or is this simply interesting? Uh,
3: you know, I think the first thing is, you know, and I actually think this does a really good job of it. And um, I can say it because I didn't have a finger in it. But this is a very sort of flat look at why these people are doing what they're doing. Well, and, it's and, and, absolutely and I, and, balanced. There's well, not one side of another, but, but, sure. but what's interesting about it is that it adds a great deal of perspective to understanding how this works and how these guys think and how, you know, and it's people all around this thing. Um, I, I think it's fascinating.
1: Good. Me too. Well, you can watch all these videos and more at trib.it slash godproject. Uh, You can also watch on your local PBS station. If you check out our website, you can find out what time it is airing. Speaking of God, we've got lawmakers and Ken Paxton now weighing in on a small town Texas police department's decision to slap a quote, in God we trust logo on the back of police cruisers. Uh, The local police chief wrote a letter to a sort of, you know, anti religion government group saying, not even saying, basically, saying, go fly a kite, which I thought was a nice uh, PC, uh, G rated (laughs) way to respond. So, What's the point of having uh, of having the AG weigh in these two law lo- who are the lawmakers Ross who've asked for
3: Uh Charles Perry's one of them and it's, uh, Drew um Drew Springer Drew Springer, uh, mm-hmm. Drew Springer. Yep.
1: Um, and so what's the motivation here what uh, you Well know. it's
3: interesting there's another sheriff's department in Georgia doing the same thing right, so somewhere behind us, bigger... there's a sticker company Yeah. know You know it's a you know it's a political provocation and it's either a good one or a bad one, depending on where you stand on this, the, they put it there for a reason. Um, they put it there as an expression of their, um, you know, political or religious beliefs. And now the question is, can they do that?
1: Right. The same what, separation of church right. and state what, question. What
2: if one of the cops who was driving one of these cars decided to put in Allah we trust?
1: Uh, what what do you, what think, do you think would happen?
2: All the other cop cars over. would chase him. How would that go? God governing? Yeah, how would that go?
1: I think it's most interesting that, you know, Ken Paxton is being given a chance to weigh in on on this one because the only places Ken Paxton seems to want to wade these days are religious liberty cases.
3: Well, and, you know, he's been making his um, post-indictment appearances all in churches, in right. Grapevine, in the Woodlands, in Pflugerville, and around the state. There was a so fundraising think, letter from it, his and campaign And it this it week, Golden but, Corral
0: and... In Williamson County, which, which is which also is a, house of, a, which is a house of worship, <laughs> right. for some
3: people—not me personally—but that's yeah, the salads. Um, the, you know, there's also a fundraising letter from him um, in the last week, or ten days. That references this, right? That's all the religious cases that he's done. It's basically a fundraising letter from his campaign that is essentially a shorter version of the speech he's been giving in these. So this and, is why people do, do this,
2: houses. Evan. This right. is why – this is the political benefit from from these types Well, of well Trying to I, preserve
0: I, your I, reputation. I, I, I will say, with that regard necessarily to Attorney John Paxton specifically, that uh, th- these are uh, good times for people who claim to be persecuted. It is – you know, per- persecution is everywhere, whether it's political or religious. Right. Right. Um, Claiming it is easy, proving it is harder, but in some ways it's like they convict you on A1 and they acquit you on C23. Mm-hmm. right? All you gotta do is claim it and that's the news. Right? You don't really necessarily have to prove it. And to some degree, if you're under fire for anything you do, if you're literally indicted, or if you're not literally indicted, but people are accusing you of doing thus and such, it costs you nothing to say I'm being persecuted. For my beliefs whether they're political or no religious. but if you
2: believe rick perry it cost you the race because he well says that I, you that's know, why he couldn't raise any money
0: we, we might talk about that or we might not you know the question of whether you know uh, uh 16 other republicans beat rick perry or rosemary Lindbergh and greg cox mm. and burt richardson and uh, michael mccrum did um you know but um but i th- but to come back to this the idea that somehow i i think you raise a really interesting point if if if, if, if for somebody a for a change, <laughs> if somebody did want to put in Aloe trust on the police car,
1: yeah, there would be total outrage.
0: It would, it would probably cause a bit of a stink up in.
2: Well, if if up they do, up I will call, sure we'll call I'm
1: sure we'll have. I'm sure Mike Huckabee and Ted Cruz will be there, elbowing each other off the stage. You know, before we know it. Well, we were talking a little bit about um, political finger-pointing, and I want to talk about David Dewhurst, who has agreed, the the former lieutenant governor who has finally agreed to pay off, I guess, a million dollars in debt from his 2012 uh, failed Senate bid against Ted Cruz.
3: Shades of Carly Fiorina, who's also paying off her debts.
1: Yeah, right. Um, but, you know, he sent out a letter basically saying, I'm going to pay these debts, but it was a pretty sour grapes letter. Um, Jay, talk us through what was in that letter.
2: Well, I mean, it, it was really interesting because um, – well, he blames uh, the fact that he didn't pay these people off on, on Buddy Barfield, who ripped him off to and the who tune. who Buddy Barfield is? Buddy Barfield was his former aide who ripped him off to the tune of $5 million, according to the campaign. I think in uh, his conviction it was more I think it was one point eight million that they that they said that he stole. But he he's doing seven years in federal prison.
1: He and he's in, right? He's already this term. I think has that's begun. right, yeah.
2: I mean he's yeah. he was sentenced. I know that he yeah. was sentenced, I'm not sure that he's actually in, but I don't know why he wouldn't be. He yeah. also had to sell his house to pay off his debts. Um, very sad story. But uh, Dewhurst, uh, David Dewhurst, is blaming the, the Buddy Barfield episode for the fact that he was not able to pay, uh, it's about $800,000 back to, to various vendors uh,
0: around town, a lot of them. Um, and, didn't you know, seem very, very upset. But, but, the, but, but the implication but beyond what? not being able to pay vendors was that his lack of resources also somehow hamstrung his ability right. to, he said to that, run the know, race the way he wanted to right. run.
2: Right. He said that some of the money that that Barfield stole was the get-out-the-vote money. And, oh, if they had just had that money, that things may have been different. Of course, I think it was a 14-point race, something like that, 13, been, 14. Yeah, he indicated 14 point or race. even
1: said point-blank that it you know, might have cha- changed, changed the course of history, i.e. Ted Cruz wouldn't be senator, i.e. Ted Cruz wouldn't be running for president i mean do you think Dewhurst really believes
0: the the, these are the same these are the same people who believe that if only ann richards had lost to clady williams in 1990 if only he had uh, if only he shook her hand right george w bush Bush never would have been president we never would have gone to war in iraq this is like fan fiction please this is absurd (laughs) It's absurd.
2: Well, well, uh, you know, in the so? the letter, <laughs> there, there was more in the letter. I mean, was, he also but wait, wait but more. wait, there's more. There was another line where he basically said that, by the way, you know, you the the ones that. I owe this money to y'all. Were trash talking me, and that wasn't very helpful. And y'all are the ones who talked me into spending twenty million dollars on the, of my own money on this race. <laughs> but
3: I am anyway, going to pay. Anyway, well, let's, 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 let's play fan fiction for a minute. If there hadn't been any stories about David Dewhurst not paying these debts, would David Dewhurst have ever felt any public shame or pressure to pay these debts? I mean, you know, if you want to play fan fiction, let's go that
2: that's way. That's a that's a good point. I mean, he was, it was sort of a shaming type thing. It's like and,
3: you you ask these folks to do things for your campaign. They are in business. You appreciate commerce. That's been your whole shtick. When people do stuff, you pay them. It's pretty simple.
1: Do you think – I mean, did he really think for a second this letter wasn't going to get out? Because any casual reading never,
0: – Never tweet. Never write anything down ever. I think he thought That's it was going to get the, out. The I think No, I,
2: I think that he probably did think it was going to get right. out. And, he and thought it do would you look do, better than do? it yeah, Do you think
0: th- he really said to himself, I need to, to communicate this to people – Honestly. I'm gonna. I'm gonna write a letter, knowing it will leak, and it's gonna. You know, he,
3: he wanted to settle some scores.
1: Uh, but this doesn't settle scores. It, I just, makes, it, I just, it think just makes. It makes him look like it makes I didn't
3: bad. say it worked. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think, think it saying, makes him look bad.
1: <laughs> yes, absolutely. It, it was.
3: It was. Um, the same political thing. It was a thinking, small thing to do.
0: The same smart politics that got him here to begin with. Right. Drove well, the decision to have this letter come out. You know, sour
2: grapes and politics is never, never portrayed a, but they're a delicious way.
0: though aren't
1: they? <laughs> i learned this lesson in third grade where i you know wrote what happened e- Were you beat up <laughs> where i wrote an email to a boy that i had a huge crush on and my dad you were in third it. grade
0: when there was actually still email you were you're is that right that how young you no, were no i learning? said
1: i wrote a letter did oh. i say email? You said email i thought i said a, oh yes yeah, sorry i wrote a letter, I wrote a letter and, and i my dm'd dad a, found a boy it. in
0: the third grade oh, no.
1: and my dad sat me down and said this is an important life lesson never put anything in writing that you don't want the whole world to see smart Yep. Parents in heard.
3: Parents in the news business. See what happens. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: <laughs> never forgot it. Uh, so what's David Dewhurst even up to these days other not than, running from other mayor than Houston. writing other than writing pissy emails or pissy letters?
0: He's chilling in Houston, but not running for mayor. Right. Tweeting yeah. a lot. Yeah.
1: Yep. All right. So last week we heard about uh, Carly Fiorina's Texas based team. This week we've got news about Donald Trump in Texas and uh, one uh, particular operative who's joining Team Trump here. Evan, give us the lowdown.
0: There's not much lowdown. Uh, the lowdown is Corbin Castile, who's a Republican political consultant who's been active and in circulation for a number of election cycles consecutively, former head of the College Republicans at UT Austin. Actively That's... thumping Trump.
1: Uh, yeah. There's, well, hey, there's some lowdown I'll, here. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll get there. Chill. Well, there's no, nothing to see here. Chill. Buried
0: lead, folks. <laughs> I'll get there. Was head of the College Republicans at UT Austin and you know, represented, among others over the years, David Porter, Rodney Anderson... Uh, Eva Guzman, he had a bunch of different consultants. Christy Craddock. Consultants. I, th- I think Christy Craddock. Um, nice guy, uh, but why him as opposed to anybody else on Trump? Well, he's the state director for Trump, then come to find out, uh, not complicated reporting involved in this, that he had uh, uh, Ooh, trash-talked, okay. trash-talked Trump previously to, I guess, the Express News, or was quoted mm-hmm. by the Express News, questioning the legitimacy of the Trump campaign or candidacy. Um, which, of course, the moment that he was announced, people went and found this stuff and posted it. But you know,
1: so either Trump is. didn't know or didn't care about that, or his skin is not as thin as everybody thinks.
0: You know, Donald Trump is like the the king of the shit talkers. How do you not like other people for doing what has gotten you to where you are? He probably goes, yeah, I admire the guy, <laughs> right, for doing it. My kind of fellow. My kind of guy, not <laughs> a loser. Um, <laughs> you know, the Trump campaign is still, according to the, <sighs> the Texas Lyceum poll that came out. Uh, last week, still in the lead, clicking right along. And in fact, as Trump himself said uh, all week long, I'm still leading in state polls all over the country. You know, the question of whether the Trump bubble is beginning to leak air, notwithstanding, he's still the front runner in the campaign.
1: Mm-hmm. So. All right, and finally, before we wrap this up, I just want to talk about um, about textbooks and this social studies textbook in particular. There was it's a McGraw Hill textbook. A Houston mom basically saw her student's textbook that indicated in a in a section of the textbook on immigration patterns, uh, it basically referenced slaves, African slaves, as um, immigrant workers, and obviously this uh, she posted something on YouTube. This has erupted. The publishing house has has apologized. Gone
0: viral, national news, right?
1: Totally. Uh, how Once again, the hell did this happen? <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. Somewhere in a school, in a. <laughs> well, it, it
0: was apparently
2: it was riddled with errors. Though it wasn't just that error; it was also the right. fact that they said millions of slaves and or, or workers. They that, had the wrong
3: number of immigrant workers. They right. had the wrong century.
2: And yeah. There it, was, it was otherwise it was, perfect. It had a, a few issues. It, it's
3: a textbook that would have got a pants on fire from Gardner Selby. Yeah.
1: I mean, it ha- these textbooks have you know a huge lists in the front of the researchers who were involved and the historians who vetted this. I mean, how does this keep happening with Texas textbooks? Uh, what's and uh, you know does the, do, is the SPOE?
3: <laughs> I, I don't know how I don't know how this gets out of a publishing house, right? Even to the point where it gets to the Texas SBOE or anybody else, and you know once it does get out of the publishing house in some form or another, why? this mechanism set up to catch this kind of crap doesn't catch it it's just it's a you know the editing process at sort of the scholastic level and at the political level is all screwed up
0: you know we but but go, but go back but go back a step so th- there's the question of of the editing process and all that but there's the question of whether there is a, a political aspect
3: well i think they're editing in a political way but, i think but yeah, who, right. Right. But
0: who is editing
1: well, you watch the, I mean, at the SPOE level, you watch these drawn-out reviews over these textbooks and these standards, and they all nitpick and want to, you know, remove references, certain references to, you know, Martin Luther King. And, and, why, did te- and why
0: did the textbook right. publishers capitulate to this? Because, uh, because Texas, Texas is, is, such is a huge. such a huge market. That's the point of this whole conversation, that the, the Texas, Texas is so disproportionately influential nationally in terms of which, te- and this is an old story, it goes back to the Gablers, Right. Right. Uh, uh, This is years and years in the making that the the, the, the Texas textbooks drive the conversation nationally about what textbooks are. So the publishers feel like they've got to capitulate to whatever the mood is in Texas at that given moment so that they get the Texas business, which extends out beyond Texas.
2: I think on this particular issue, though, you know, Thomas Ratliff. It was quoted as saying, and I, I reached out to him and asked him about this. Member that, of the state that, board of yeah, education, yeah, yeah. That, that this was vice a vice chair of the state board. And this a was an innocent mistake. Books. It was an innocent mistake. It wasn't some you know thing that was hatched and as a political attack on
3: on you know, some politically correct
2: notion that...
1: He called it poor word choice. But they right.
3: forfeited their credibility with all these years of fighting. And they, right. yeah, I mean, that maybe may, be, may well be the true. Problem. There's no reason to believe that's well, not that's true. Well, that's a very good That's But they've blown their credibility point. so yeah. much that, you know, it's like, you know, maybe you didn't, put your thumb on the scales on this one, but you've had your thumb on the scales so much, you're just not trustworthy.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, with climate science, with all this stuff, these guys have their thumbs on the scales, and there are all these things that are borderline, you know, or flat-out factual inaccuracies that seep into these textbooks. It's
2: like one paragraph, and there are three gaping errors. Right. It. And, they,
0: and it becomes national news, and then people here dig in their heels, and they say, well, if the people in New York and Washington don't like us and they're attacking us, that must prove that we're doing something Right. Right. There's not. I mean, I, I think one of the great aspects of this to, to watch, if you watch this stuff, is the degree to which the scorn of the rest of the world fuels the efforts of the people right. who are
3: being scorned. Well, right. We're back to victimization. like you're Right. Yeah. About, well, that's, you know, that's the, the, the persecution, is persecution yeah.
0: business is alive and well and living in Texas. Right. right.
1: It's these right. East Coast folks who are, you know, raining on our textbook parade and don't trust right. us to make the right decisions. Right. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, even although I do think in this case it was interesting that Ratliff himself said, you know, thank you to this mom for coming forward. We don't have enough engaged parents in this process, you know, so they clearly know that. they. <laughs> so in
0: the end, didn't. this was a good thing. <laughs> You're you know, I didn't
1: right. go that far. Yeah. Sounds like my, the latest is McGraw Hills handing out stickers that you can now you put, can put over, over, over the, the caption, yeah. right? You know, caption. Put, over, put over
3: the thing. And somewhere, <laughs> somewhere in Texas, there's a kid going,
0: "Mom, does this mean I don't have to read it?" <laughs> who has Who has <laughs> the sticker concession? I'd like to know that. Right? <laughs> it's, the it's the same guy with the God. We, we yeah, God, we trust. Guys, who's, who's getting rich?
1: <laughs> yeah, it is. All right. Well, if you have questions or comments, you can email them to tribcast at texastribune.org. We'd also love to invite you to the fifth annual Texas Tribune Festival, which is coming right up October 16th through 18th on the UT Austin campus. Registration is open at texastribune.org slash festival. Uh, And if you sign up now, you can come see the TribCast live on Friday night. Ross and I will be sure to show you a good time. Who's
0: (laughs) on the TribCast? Who are the live TribCast guests?
1: The live TribCast guests include Connie Burton, state senator um poncho navarez uh, state representative
2: and we have peter hamby
0: for uh the ticket 2016 are you doing a live tri- live recording uh, the, yes, live recording of the of the 2016 yeah this yep. is and we have trivia night and on sunday night
1: wait hang on we're not done yet and yeah. uh art awesome. Acevedo, the austin police chief is also part of the, the live trimcast in the the reveal portion that we're doing with the center for investigative reporting great so it should be a blast
0: and that's a, a segment about dancing Oh, my God. This is nerd, nerdapalooza.
1: <laughs> right. That's a section on on uh, uh, cop watching. Yeah. So, very fun. entertaining. Yes, very fun. Uh, we'd like to thank Shiny Ribs for doing our music. And on behalf of Evan, Ross, Jay, and our producer, Todd, this is Emily. Thanks for listening.
2: Is talking. Texas
1: talking. Texas talking. Texas talking.
0: You sound like you don't have any idea what you're talking about. Like, like I want them to kick a home run is what you sound like. <laughs>